listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we return to the studio for episode 409. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. So what you we get into this week? Uh, this week, I got to see um, uh, the Meg 2. Got to <laughs> nice. see the follow-up to that one. Um, I also got to catch a, um, some of the animes that I talked about at the beginning of the season. I got to kind of check them. Uh, a couple of them out because season's about to wrap up in a couple of weeks, and nice. um, so lining them up, which ones yeah, you're gonna binge? Yeah, and so I, I started watching um more of Overtake, and that one's really good, mm. and um uh, uh the other one is uh Free Run, the um Journey Beyond, I believe that 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 was that one's called, and uh yeah those those two have been really really good, probably my nice. two favorites this season. Anime, anime season always delivers something. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, There's so much stuff coming out that it always delivers something de- decent. Definitely. There's always like a, a banger or two in there. <laughs> Definitely has a better track run than I would say Hollywood as of late, <laughs> as of recent. Um, but yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, did you want to give a preliminary on any of those? I mean, I did catch some stuff this week. I did watch, um, I don't know if you remember Pantheon. Yeah, I remember. Season two dropped. Um, but you want to know what's up? I think it dropped like two weeks ago and it's on AMC. And after watching it, I binged it. I realized why they, they pulled it. (laughs) Um, there is a very, very serious depiction of Israeli racism. Mm. And yeah, no, that's just, they're not going to allow that right now. Yeah, they're just not gonna let that happen right now. Yeah, um, it ran too close. Yeah, too I was like, soon. oh yeah, no, they they definitely squashed it. Yeah. They definitely squashed that because let me tell you, man, Pantheon is super fucking dope. But anyway, here, let's start off with your stuff, and then we'll jump into that afterwards. Um, so uh, uh one of the the enemies that I saw was uh Overtake, and mm-hmm. um, that was the enemy about the F four uh, uh the F four racer who's trying to make it in in the F four circuit, nice. following in his dad's footsteps. And the photographer who sort of um, ends up working That's with him right. by having That had a super interesting story behind it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like... Um, it's more uh, drama, though, right? It's more yes, drama and racing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, I am or it, Yeah, it's, it's pretty evenly balanced, right? It, it, it's... Um, uh, I, I really ended up liking how the story ended up developing. So, you find out more about the, the, the young racer. Turns out he's following in his dad's footsteps because his dad... Um, uh, uh, on a racy, on a, on a rainy night on a on the track, he spun out and died on the track. Oh no! But he's not following in his footsteps to sort of be like it's not like uh, 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 like unresolved trauma or anything. He's like, no, I always wanted to be a racer, and it was just like it's only right that that this is what I ended up doing. And I mean, yeah, like the shit with my dad sucks, but it's not like I'm trying to live his life or anything like that. So he's pretty well adjusted in that regard, but he still has this, this sort of um, he still has the 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 youthful recklessness whenever whenever stuff stuff like that is involved, and it's like very time sensitive. Where if you don't make like um, 
if you don't make a, a, a achievements really quick, you'll fall out of that shit mm-hmm. like super super yeah. fast. And so, um, uh, the main character is actually the photographer, and mm. okay. <clears throat> at the beginning of the the series, you find out that he has this sort of trauma from um he's unable to take photos of individual people and initially they're like yeah um it's wait. an interesting pho- uh, phobia trauma yeah <laughs> it's and um so at, at the they they tell you that way back when about 12 years prior he there was a um a huge typhoon and an earthquake that ended up like washing away this small village and he took this really captivating photo of like this little girl who's like She's as she like looks over and recognizes that people are like looking at her and like she has this really heartbreaking look in her eyes of sort of like resignation, but also of like like pleading sorrow. And so like he accidentally ends up taking that photo and um, it was published amongst all the other photos that he took. And when that photo came out, like people were bashing him super heavy, like, yo, why didn't you, if you had time to take a photo, why didn't you go help her type shit? And so, like, it, it pretty much uh, uh, kind of forced him into hiding, and he had to, you know, that's sort of, like, wow, the root of, like, the, the trauma, how they how they po- portray it. Yeah, I, I can see how that could be traumatic, because it's, like, first of all, it's not his job, like, <laughs> like to expect, like, for him, I mean, he did the best he could. He's a photographer. He captured her moment, at very least, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Wow, yeah, no, I can see how that's that's an interesting, interesting plot point. Yeah, yeah. It was super dope. And um the way it progressed sort of like um uh in the opening episode, he sees the the main character and how like, you know, he's got a really small uh a company behind him and it's just him and like it's pretty much his dad's um his his dad's mechanic and management team is with him and like they're they they have to buy everything secondhand and they have mm. trouble getting they have no sponsors at all type shit. Damn. But he's just Ain't like nobody fucking with you. Pretty much, right? But he's uh, um but the racer is just so into it and that inspired um the photographer so much that that sort of like was that was like the ember that was like, you know, maybe I can maybe I can actually do this and kind of get over this shit. Yeah. And um he ends up taking a photo of the main uh, of the racer when he um he lost the race and he had a, like a private moment where he's like crying to himself and it was like really good and intimate photo and it was like the first time the mm-hmm. photographer was able to t- photograph um individual. an individual person since the time of uh, uh, uh the typhoon and eventually things come to a head in like the recent episode where um there was or or in a prior episode there was um, there was rain on the track, and so the big... rain on the track is a fucking menace, bro. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's a menace, bro. <laughs> and um, especially because uh, the, the Japanese summer season, it's like that where they have a lot of sun showers mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I've been <clears throat> I synced it. <laughs> so the big gamble that they were going for it was like, yo, if we put rain tires on and it and it stops raining, then we're gonna be at a disadvantage. Yeah. But if it keeps raining, you know what I'm saying, then we're in there. But everybody's pretty much. Like a lot of people are taking the risk because they're like, "Yo, man, this shit's gonna blow over. The track's gonna dry off. All the races on the track is gonna make that shit dry off. And anybody who got rain tires on, them niggas gonna be losing." So, um, the photographer really implores the racer, like, "Yo, I really think you should put them other tires on and be a little bit safe about them this." All like, other joints, you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, I don't know, man. 
And um, so, uh, but but the racer, he stuck to his guns and he went out there with the rain tires. And he realized in the middle of the race, he was sort of like thinking to, to himself and he sort of came to the realization of the photographer's point and he got off the track in order to switch his tires. And right when, right after that happened, like his, um, his like rival racers, pretty much one of them crashed and he was like out of the game, out of the game. Wow. But that that rift that between the um the racer and the photographer caused the photographer to to kind of disappear because he needed to go take care of some shit on his own. Yeah. And when the racer went looking for him, that's when you find out the real story behind like the trauma and his background and shit. And that was that was that that was really good. I really enjoyed that episode. It turns out like the little girl girl that he photographed, he had um out or like the day prior to the earthquake hitting. He had been helping the town prepare for this huge festival, and he had this really, really nice moment with, like, the old mayor who, like, at first was really, really against this presence, and the daughter mm-hmm. was, like, really, um, uh, uh, she was really, like, reticent of him because he was like, who the fuck is this weirdo taking pictures and shit? But he was able to, like, you know, show them the pictures that he took of the town and all that other stuff mm-hmm. and built up a pretty good rapport, and he ended up, um... The old man asked him to take a photo of him and his little daughter on his cell phone. And, like, that that was, like, a really dope moment. And, like, that next day, the earthquake hit. And he even tried to go down there and help them. But everybody else was holding him back. Like, yo, if you go down there, you're going to be dead with them, with them too. And just like you yeah, said, he was like, shocked, yo. It's still dangerous. You know what I mean? And he's like, just like you said, he's like, all, all I can do is just take this photo, right? So yeah. as he's looking around, he sees the little girl. And he wasn't even intended on seeing the photo, but it was, like, the the heartbreaking look in her face when she looks up and sees, like, she, like, makes eye contact with the camera. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it's, like, that moment where he's, like, recoiling, he ends up taking the picture. And, like, immediately after that, like, floodwaters just, like, take her away and shit. Oh. And because of, um, <clears throat> because of the uh, uh, disaster, he couldn't get back to the mainland, so he pretty much stayed there for like a month and just helped with the town rebuilding and shit. And it, it was really the trauma of seeing that girl that made him not being able to take pictures. The best thing. That is traumatic, watching, like, taking the picture and then the blood work, like, that would fuck me up. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it, it sounds, and it's it sounds like, kind of heavy. And, and I really, really liked how they portrayed it. Also, like, I give the, the animation a 9 out of 10. Okay. For the 2D parts, it's definitely a 10 out of 10. But the racing is done with 3D, mm, and like it looks that. really good most of the time. But you know, with the 3D and when they're doing turns and shit, sometimes it looks a little, it looks Emotion a little blurred. stiff. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It looks a little stiff sometimes, but but um, overall, it, it is a beautiful visual experience. The story surprised me. I'm I'm very curious to see where the, these next few episode lands. I'm hoping. I'm gonna recommend that one to Tyler. I think he might like that. Yeah, it's called Overtake. Overtake, yeah. And it's about F4 racing and. I'm very curious to see where it lands, and hopefully Monogatoya, the racer, actually wins the race because he's been trying and he's been working really hard. And, Can't and, overcome the and, equipment deficiency, right? Yeah, yeah, that's really so far because he um uh, uh um just a little when the rival racer. They're like the the exact opposite, you know what I'm saying? They got all the state all the of the art shit. equipment. Of course. Oh, of course. You know what I'm saying? They got all the sponsors, like the the lead racer is like a a, a fucking modeling. Of course. It's like, you know what I'm saying? They got it made. But he was the one that ended up crashing because they went with the well, with the well. rain tires. And so they tried to recruit um a, 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 a racer buddy 
uh, racer main character to come race for them. And he had this moment where he was like, um, like he was like, all right, you're supposed to be the, you're gonna be the, uh, um, the, the. They're basically doing slipstreaming, and he's like, you're mm-hmm. the lead man. You pull me along. And then, you know what I'm saying, I get Slingshot. out in front. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Shade I'm a base, gunner. Baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's from Tyler. Like, nice. um, that's my shit. <laughs> but because he's not used to racing in a team, as soon as he let my nigga go, he was he, still, like, pressuring him from behind him yeah. without even realizing it. And my nigga was like, I, like after he got out the race, was like, yo, what the fuck is the point of you being on a team if you're going to pressure your teammate and make mistakes? And he's like... Oh shit! I didn't even think about that, bro. Yo, you know what? I'm gonna need to get my mind right, bro. I'm gonna be back, bro. I'm yeah, be back. <laughs> my bad. So I really fuck with the main character because I like main characters that like, oh shit, I fucked up. Let me see what I need to do to oh, stop man, fucking a up. Reflective fucking you know main character is dope. I love that. So yeah, o- Overtake is, is I would highly recommend that one. There's still uh, three episodes left, I believe, in the season and. Very excited to see where it goes. Go, go, go. That's what's up. Um, the other one that I mentioned is is uh, Free Rend Journey's End. And that one I, I really, really like. That's another one where the animation is like an easy like 10 out of 10. You know what wow. I'm saying? Very, very beautiful animation. Um, and what I really like about this one is it's fantasy, but it's, to- it's telling... Uh, it's a different perspective of fantasy that anime hasn't really focused on or at least that i have seen so far right and and it's it's um the way the story progresses is reflected in that so it follows free ren who is an elf and she is uh, um the fantasy setting is, is like um fantasy template a which is like the demon lord and hero setting mm-hmm. excuse me similar to like the uh, um dragon quest and all that stuff and Free Rent is the mage in the hero's party that defeated the demon lord. And the, so the story is really about how does a person who live a thousand years, how would they relate to human beings after coming into contact with them and actually having a close-knit journey with them? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what the, um, the anime talks about. So even like uh, uh, the episode one is... The heroes are having a, a a party after they subjugated the demon lord, right? That's really only in the background, and they're having this moment where they're all looking out at um um a, a meteor shower, sort of you know similar to like the Parasite and shit, which mm-hmm. is oh no, it just passed, and she's the she's like oh man, every all all of uh, uh so the the heroes party consists of human um hero warrior Himmel. Um, the priest Heiter and the dwarf, I don't, the dwarf warrior, I don't remember his name, Aizen, the dwarf warrior Aizen, and Freeren, the, the elven mage. Okay. And four person party? Yeah. And so they're all looking at, at the, the, the meteor shower and they're like, man, this shit looks fucking amazing. And she's like, man, it's not even all that dope. I know a way better spot to go see that. And it was like, oh man, I'd really like to see that. And she's like, all right, I'll come get you in 50 years then. And the, immediately, like, immediately the 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 warrior and the—no, I'm sorry, the, the hero and the priest are like, man, she just said that shit. Yeah. The, the, two dwarf, humans the dwarf ones. is cool with it, but the humans are like, nah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> and even, like, even Aizen, the dwarf, he even recognized, like, damn, 50 years is a long time. Like, and, and as the— Well, yeah, the, dwarves, I think, live into the 300, 350 range. Elves are the longest. Yeah, yeah. 
And in this one, they seem to be like even more so because um um in the the story, um, for, uh, for Freeran tells tells another character that she's been living for over a thousand years. So yeah, she's and she still looks like she's like sixteen. Yeah, elves. It's even in Forgotten Realms, very rarely do they die of old age. Yeah, and um, so. She she actually ends up coming fifty years later. The the main character is like, <laughs> and she a, still came back fifty years later. Like, no, yeah, I'm you know dead, I mean? bro. No, um, um, the um, the the hero is a shriveled, bald old man. He's like three feet tall and shit. She's like, I'm the, never um, doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the 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 priest is an old man, but he's still doing pretty good. And Eisen shows up, and she takes them to the to the spot, and they watch the meteor shower, and. It's pretty much at the, this point where um, the hero kind of puts it into her idea, like, yo, you know, you should really try to understand humans a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and she was just like, yeah, I, I don't really see the point. I don't get I was, it. I literally, <laughs> she's like, that's the first I, thing I, I don't get it. And he was like, all right, it's cool. And he was like, hey, do me a favor and um, uh, just kind of go back or to our around our route and kind of make sure that everything is kind of cool. Whenever you can, just on the regular. And she's like, all right, cool. And so that's sort of what the, the, the story is about, is her sort of retracing their steps throughout um, their journey as a hero, but also her finding out and actually learning to value companionship and shit like that. Yeah. Because in this series, elves are, are very much like... Um, asexual and very solitary gotcha. and they're slowly dying out uh, uh they're slowly going extinct because of this reason because <laughs> you're not fucking yeah <laughs> I mean, they, they're both aromantic and and very asexual so they're aloof and she, asexual she's kind you're of not yeah, fucking with the, she casually just mentions that to another character she's like yeah else we don't really have any like romantic interests and stuff like that so they're like snow leopards yeah we're, go we're going extinct and shit just really casual about it yeah that's it, it's funny there's, there's it, that happens in nature sometimes, and I don't know, man. They always find a way, but good luck. <laughs> that shit sucks. And the demons in this one are are very interesting. So in this one, the demons are pretty much just like absolute monsters. They they refer to as monsters that emulate human speech, and they don't really understand it. Oh, and so they just <laughs> they just say shit that the humans will appeal to in order to gain strategic advantages. Like they're they're absolute heartless and shit. And so it's it's really nice to see some of the the, the battles depicted between like um uh, uh uh the the demons and free run every once in a while because. It, it, it's pretty sick and it is there isn't too much combat in it a lot of it is really um her going around the um <clears throat> retracing their steps mm -hmm. and also she ends up raising an orphan that was picked up by by the priest and the priest sort of suckers her into taking care of her by being like a Hey, translate this shit for me. Oh, by the way, this is my my orphan. Real quick, hey, if she gets strong enough to become a mage, that will hold you back. You'll take her with you, right? No. All right, for sure, for sure. Yeah, just translate that real quick. It'll, I know it's going to take about three years, but I really need your help. No, because so, he knows that she's the yep. kind of person who would just take three years to do something. Yep. <laughs> three years, they'll be shipped to free her, yeah. and she'll gladly do the paperwork. And in the meantime, Fern is getting better and better she at nothing magic. nothing more than something else to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> please give me something to do. I have, I have no interest in people. <laughs> 
So eventually, like Fern joins the cast, and she ends up being pretty much Freerun's babys- babysitter. And Fern's whole deal is she has superb magic control, and her shit, she's all about quick magic activation. Whereas, um, whereas uh, uh, Freerun is is all about power. Mm. And um, precision. She's all about power and precision. That, that that's her. That's her shit. Like she got scolded by the hero because she was using too too flashy of spells and causing too much but, collateral but, damage. But what about my DPS? <laughs> you feel me? So it, it, it's pretty cool, and I like it because there are also different types of um, yeah, demon so battles. The boss at one percent and. <laughs> you feel me? Hundred percent, bro. Like she's using explosion in like enclosed areas it, it, while in a team of four type shit. Like yo, Freeman, I, I, I'm gonna need you to be mindful of all the other shit. Like yo, y'all had enough HP to survive, yo. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, the healers go heal you when we're done. You know what I mean? You're good. What you worried about? <laughs> but he's like, nah. You know what I mean? These people gotta live here after we leave, yeah. so you can't <laughs> destroy their shit. Like if they can't farm after we leave, because you destroyed You're their farmland. You destroyed you everything they have. You feel me? <laughs> so it's this. The story is really about like teaching Freeran the this elf about human ways. Yeah. And also her about she she. I think she slowly started to realize how important the main character is. So now her quest is to get back to this place called Eden which is beyond the place where they slay the demon lord because in this place there is some sort of special thing that allows you to talk to the dead mm. and she actually long after um the hero died she realized that she had more to say to him type shit wow so it, it, and it's about what a motivation though <clears throat> you know what i mean i'm not trying to change the world i just really need to speak to this person you know and i have so much was, that i want to yeah because them. before she was very like like you said she was very loose she didn't really care about anything it's just the job to go slay the demon lord type shit whatever I really whatever like that. it's very slice of life-ish but it's very much up my alley like i like that like not everything has to be we're slaying god yep it could be just a journey of self-growth yep but there's 100 wrong with is. that <laughs> and it is that's a really good good way to describe it because it's like half slices of life has um, um action fantasy because um um fern the daughter that um the priest tricks her into raising who ends up becoming a superb mage is ends up being um free Ren's babysitter. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she carries her when she passes out in the snow. She wakes her well, up in the morning and shit. She cooks her for her and shit. And you also she ends up picking up um Eisen the dwarf's uh, uh, apprentice to go along with him, Stark. And he's pretty she cool too. The squad, yeah. You know what I mean? So did, 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 it's, it's pretty Titan. fresh. It's it's pretty fresh. I'm enjoying this, and apparently it's supposed to be like 20 plus episodes. So nice. Very very excited to see where this shit goes you know there there was like a, a magic battle where um um excuse me where they uh um where it was free run versus one of the the big bad demons from back in the day that they had fought and her whole stick was like yo i got the most mana around because the thing with well, demon <laughs> and her whole thing was just like all right so what I'm going to do is I'm going to whip out these scales and whoever got the highest mana will automatically tip the scales in their favor and, the, and they will gain the domination over the other person. And so Freeman's like, all right, my nigga, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. And she like, you know, put her put her soul on the scale and shit. And the demon is just like, yeah, I got you now. You you go regret it. 
And then that's where they start playing the background of um. They start playing the backstory of of Freeran, and her her master taught her to suppress her magic from the pretty much like a week after they met, mm-hmm. which was over a thousand years ago. And so her whole thing was. <clears throat> The reason why demons don't do that is because demons believe in survival of the fittest and showing off how big yeah. and how powerful your aura is, is um, that's how you get ahead in the world. You know what Fitness I mean? Signals. If, you know what I'm saying? So they don't, they not only do they not know how to suppress their mana, doing such a thing would be akin to like volunteering to be a slave in their world. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like, why are you walking with your head down? So Free Run was just like, what? Yeah, yeah. When the other Aura was the was the demon, thing. she was like, "I got you now, Ferg. You fucked up. Agree to this shit." She was like, "I've I've been I've, I've been training my mana for five hundred years. I've been training mine for a Free thousand. was just like, "Hey, yo, Aura, the maid standing before you right now is the maid that's been living over ten thousand years. I mean, over a thousand years." And she just let out her Aura. And it's like started taking up the entire field. It's like, y'all, dope. Yeah, I, so I like that there's, like, there's, like, psychological battles. There, there's fucking dope-ass, like, pew-pew mage battles. There's, like, um, sword and board-type axe and uh, uh, demon battles and shit. And then there's also just, like, them going to a town and learning about the local town's customs before and how, like, um, the, the heroes' party interacted with them on their journey and shit. Nice. So I do like the mix in, in Free, Res- Free Ren Journey's End so far. Yeah, I'm, that that one I might check out for for myself. That sounds like one that I would have fun with. Yeah, um, super cool. but yeah, I definitely think that Overtake is one that that, that someone else might be interested in. That shit surprised the fuck out of me, bro. Like, yo, when they when they got to the to the to the backstory or the real reason behind um his trauma, trauma I was just like, yo, that's well done, man. Well, well fucking done. Good, Good on storytelling. That. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what's up. And then to the contrast, there there's a uh, uh, um uh Meg two. Oh, Which, <laughs> I forgot you mentioned that. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'll be brief on that one. Um, Meg Two, I didn't enjoy it as much as the 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 first one. I did enjoy the action just as much, if not more, because they were doing wild shit like um, Jason Statham on a jet ski with like an exploding harpoon, jumping over big ass waves and then throwing the harpoon in a Meg's mouth to blow up the head. Little shit like that is kind of fresh. It's it's hard for the. For the for the for the fantasy junkie and me to not enjoy shit like that, mm-hmm. but then there's also like the 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 weird. Nah, it's not really weird. It, it's the, the completely capital shoehorning of a lot of things in order to make the second mm. uh, uh, movie happen. Like all of a sudden, like everything is bigger than the first one. I thought that was really really funny. So in the first one, there were they were just two little submarines going underneath the um, ocean to check out this lair to find the Meg. Mm-hmm. In this one, there's an entire massive secret uh, um, underwater, ba- underwater base. Right? Like, or like This whole secret, secret one. And, and uh, uh, Montez, uh, was that his name? But they had this... Montez they, is a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, like, the the Hispanic mustachioed bad yep, guy then, oh, come on, who's man. also, like, a, a diver, but also a really good fighter, but also, like, an underwater welder and shit. You know one of those, you know one of those types. Bro, you know all of those are, like, 
things that take you decades you know to what I mean? learn. You're, you're one of those <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, my guy, yo, that's the unrealistic part about that. Like, it's not that people aren't multifaceted. It's just that usually those things have a little more synergy. You feel me? Exactly. <laughs> man has all the skill sets, bro. That, you know what I mean? Like, you could be he good at basketball all and football. The fucking There's skill some synergy sets. in there in the athletics. But, uh, yeah. I'm a deep sea diver, combat specialist, <laughs> welder. Like, all right. Okay. All right. Oh, my goodness. And, um, the, the little Asian girl from the first movie, her mom died. Her mom and her granddad died in this movie. So now her uncle is there, I guess, or something. And Jason Statham has adopted her or something. Who knows? Anyway, this movie has, I don't you believe know. no adoption agency would give that man a child. <laughs> this movie made the majority <laughs> of its money in China. So no surprise there, honestly. Ouch. Um, I mean, that's how the, I looked up the box office numbers and it did very much surprise me. I was like, man, did these motherfuckers break even? Yo, it made like 98 million in the US and like 398 million world, world, worldwide. Bro, like, it's, and, and it's all China because, you yeah. know, I think they watch those movies to laugh at Americans. Like, Look at these idiots. <laughs> Either way, they know their audience, bro. Yeah, they know it, their fucking audience. Little do they know that Americans don't give a shit. You it's feel like, me? Oh, you got money? Can you send me some of those yuans? <laughs> Um, and then this one, there are uh, uh, the the black comic relief character from the first one, where he couldn't even swim Wait, the first movie. Nah, 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 nah. He they stayed they kept him alive till the end. Um, but he couldn't even swim in the first movie. But in this one, he could swim. He's got a big ass desert eagle. He knows hand to hand combat. Yo, my nigga was ready for everything this time around, son. I mean, don't gotta uh, if you stay ready, you don't gotta get ready. Facts. Facts, and I mean, he was still sort of like it's believable, believable because he 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 knows how to do all those things, but he's not super good at any of those things. If we like, Which is what I would expect. You know what I mean? Like, he I can do all of those things. I wouldn't say that I'm amazing <laughs> at any of them. That makes more you know sense. I mean? He's a great swimmer now. Like that, he does that pretty well. Like he handles himself in a fight, but he does get like owned pretty quickly at the same time, <laughs> and the. Only reason he wins gunfight is because he has a fucking desert eagle, my nigga. Desert Which, by eagle the way, hand cannon. That, that is absolutely not the gun that you want to give an inexperienced uh, firearm. No. I mean, the only the only upside is he's swole though, so like he at least at least he'll be able to. Yeah, you know what I mean. At least he won't recoil and slap his, slap himself in the face with it. But yeah, no, I would never. Are you kidding me? Like, I think the largest caliber handgun I've ever shot is like a. 387 yeah you know what i mean and that's that's as big that's as pretty gets, big too that's really big yeah. in a revolver and on top of that i can only fire it like i can't like pow pow <laughs> like no bro like, pow now you have to bring your arm back forward realign <laughs> find your target like I'm that shit you, had kick to it had muscle fire and everything i think it was massive but um that's how you realize that after yeah. you have some experience with weapons you're like you realize that movies are bullshit but the funniest thing about movies to me is like Motherfuckers firing weapons without earplugs. That shit is hilarious. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Then again, in motherfuckers firefights. It's the John Woo <laughs> movies for me. The John Woo movies were the ones that got because they it was always a hail of gunfire. It was never really? over like the pow 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 like you could nah, do that. Nah nah nah. It's everyone shooting semi-automatic pistols. It's crazy. Yo, speaking of that. I saw this fucking dope ass video of um, Twister doing over overnight celebrity, and this dude was doing the drum line with two machine guns. I was wow. like, right, that's kind of hard, my nigga. I wanted hard. to hate on it, but it was so good. The dude is hella precise. Yo, and oh, man, 
Yo, he was. I want to be mad really at it. it I want to be mad really at good. it. Stop playing with guns, but at the <laughs> same time, dope. <laughs> I wanted to be mad at it, but my man's was nailing that shit. That's a whole motherfucking like genre of 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 meme these days. Is like dudes will just be around here giving this a hell yeah, and if someone doing something, it's like. <sighs> That's kind of hard, though. Yeah. It's kind of hard, though. And yes, yeah. I would say that. Yo, one of my favorite new, new meme styles is, like, whenever they do, like, anything related to America and it just has guns in it. Yeah. Okay. it especially yeah. with um the Demon Slayer, uh, uh, when the when this one dude, Genya, whipped out that he had a shotgun. Yeah, and yeah. It was like, yo, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and it was just like, yo, American breathing, shotgun style. Bro, chill. Yo, wow, can you imagine if it's a breathing technique? <laughs> American shotgun style, like, wow, really? Feel but no, that, that is, uh, it, dude, I have come to realize that as bad as Americans are with their image of the rest of the world, the rest of the world collectively has a better image of each other than they do of America. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, they, like what they think of Americans is so wild. <laughs> because all they see is our politicians and entertainers. And yeah. those are the worst representations of American culture. Yeah, I remember this one comedian said, it was like, yo, I just came over here from the from Ireland or some shit. Glad to be in your pyramid scheme of a country. Yo, scam nation, bro. <laughs> I, yo, I be tr- yo, nigga, I can't tell you. Like, it's so bad how every level of this country is a fucking scam, bro. It's scary. And then you, you, and it's like, I get it. Like, I'm black in America. It's very on the face of it that this country was is not designed for your for your best interest. But when like I see like people in the suburbs and stuff like that, and I'm like, wow, you guys don't see the scam that you're part of. <laughs> like, I I I, I you know, nah, I'm, man. It's it's like when when those parasites they release like numbing and like pleasuring toxins to make people not yes, realize that they're being. Yes, bro. The <laughs> slow boil, bro. It's they, crazy. They don't realize that they're being leached off of. You know, dude. What I mean? It kills me. Like I, yo, I look at some of my family members who do who have done it. You know what I mean? My cousin's a pilot. But you know, I have retired army PR in the family. They did it. You know, two and a half kids. Dog. Oh, they had half half a kid. I, I don't know. You remember they used to say that it's because they <laughs> they used to do it by the average, like yeah. the average American yeah, household two, four, has two three, and a half kids. kids. It's like, yeah. That's not really a thing. It's either two or three kids. It's not two and a half kids, but whatever. Um, but no, it's like, hey the man, whole American you love the entire kids. Stop being and an they asshole. Make such good money, and they still complain about not having money. And I don't think it's because they're greedy. I really think that. Just living that lifestyle is a complete drain on them. Oh, I'm yeah, like, I can imagine. That sounds like a fucking scam to me. It sounds like a fucking scam to me. <laughs> I remember Vic used to tell me that he'd never join a sorority because it's just buying friends. You mean a fraternity? That's the one. <laughs> I was like, he's never going to join a sorority because they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, allow him to. But I would actually, knowing that, that Victor likes to make movies, I would totally see him in a white girl's remake. Low. What? Yo. <laughs> Bruh, I'm about to pitch that idea to him. Like, yo, Victor, bro, you need to shoot a, a, a white girl's remake where you're starring and, I don't know, maybe get Jesse or somebody to... to Infiltrate. To, uh, to be his co-star. But boy, would that be hilarious. But anyway, sorry, that's a complete aside. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, dude. Other countries do not understand. 
similarly to how demographics in America are very misleading, like, if you're black and you live in a black neighborhood, you might think that there's a lot of black people in this country. And it's like, <laughs> 13% not a lot in comparison to the rest of the country. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a, it, that Confirmation is a small bias is a bitch. And so it's like, all like, other countries, all they see is, like, our, our diverse entertainers. And they don't actually see, like... America, they don't they don't see like downtown anywhere. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh man, like downtown LA. Skid Row, dude, you don't even gotta be on Skid Row. Just be uh, in the downtown. Walk of Fame, the, the Hollywood Bro, Walk of Fame. The like they, it's I don't really think they they understand or see the scam nation that exists here. It fucking kills me. But anyway, that was a complete aside from um what you were saying. Um. Yeah, Chinese people. I think watch the Meg pretty much to laugh at what they think of Americans. That's that. That's where. That's what I'm getting from it. And it's um, got Jason Statham in it doing dope even, shit. Even though he's not American, obviously. <laughs> but um. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's crazy that 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 hits so hard in China. I can yeah. only imagine what the it dialogue is like. It's probably nothing like the English dialogue. I can. Imagine. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But it was fun overall, heavy. though. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, is that I never expect those movies to be unfun. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. Especially on the second one. Like, okay, they're they're pretty much going to stick to the formula. Yep, definitely. Um, they're going to try to do something a little bit new. And so, yeah, it, it has all of the ingredients to where it should be at least vaguely entertaining. It might not be good, but it should be vaguely entertaining. And those are two; those are not mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, they could be one, the other, or both. You know what I mean? It could be good and entertaining. It could be good, but not so entertaining, like uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Or it could be entertaining and not very good, like The Meg. Because The Killers of the Flower Moon is very good. But at three hours length, it wasn't always entertaining. You know what I mean? And also, it's talking about the real-life history of fucking destroying the Osage Nation. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that's entertaining. It's important to watch. You know what I mean? It's valuable to watch. And I and and that's something actually, you know, I'm completely just ranting on 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 American culture at this point, but um there's nothing wrong with not being entertained. Like Americans absolutely do not accept anything that's not entertaining. They flee from anything that is vaguely serious. And then I think that's a problem culturally. You know what I mean? Their politics is pure entertainment. Their fucking finance is pure entertainment. Like, there's nothing that they were that they will relegate to. Like, no, this is just important. Their food has to taste good. Like, there's no nutritional value to the vast majority of of what comes out of the processed industrial food industry. Like, we got we got to stop seeking entertainment from every single thing. And so that's why I don't I don't mind watching a movie that's Maybe good, but maybe not as entertaining. You know what I mean? If that if that makes any sense. But yeah. You done with the Meg? Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I definitely got into Pantheon, and that was both good and entertaining. That season two was a really, really great... I believe that they wrapped up their story. It got... I mean, it went full, full, full future. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... It was very, very well done. I definitely did not see where they were overall going. Um, it was interesting. Like, 
so uh, the premise of the show is that humans um, gain or uh, develop the technology to upload their a, a an intelligence into a, a computer environment, and that intelligence can maintain sentience. And so they've created UIs, which is uploaded intelligences. Um, that's as opposed to artificial intelligences, which are uh, programs or algorithms created for a particular goal, like a, a finance algorithm. You know, that's an artificial intelligence. And then there's computer intelligences, which are born from the artificial intelligences in the... Um, and so artificial intelligences are man-made, Computer intelligences are born inside of the virtual space. So that's the it's one of the premises that, of the technology in the show. In the first season, uh, Stephen Holtzman, which is like a Steve Jobs kind of, he gives off that vibe, you know, just kind of like plain dress, real low monotonous tone of voice. Like, it really gives off that vibe a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, ultra rich uh, uh, tech mogul. Uh, decides to get his cult of people <laughs> to try to figure out the AI problem. So one of the issues is is that they managed to get these uploads, but there's a flaw in the upload algorithm, and the natural death still comes to these AIs. Like, they just slowly degrade <clears throat> over time um, the more energy that they use in the similar way that humans degrade over time and they call it the integrity problem and so they uh they clone the, the steve jobs character after he dies to try to create another one of him to cassian yeah exactly cassian to see if he can try to carry on the work so the end of the um first season was wrapped up with cassian uh coming close to solving the integrity problem um the uploaded intelligences are, you know, dispersed on the internet. They started causing some havoc, but he managed to quell them for now. So that's the premise going into season two. And in season two, they focus on um, the actual solve for the integrity problem, which is like the first half of the season. But then it kind of branches out into like the sociology, like, once we've fixed the 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 uh the AI or the uploaded intelligence problem and we get everybody on the same page, how do how do these things live and exist with us now? You know what I mean? And it goes the full gamut, you know? And it, like it gives, you know, what the next 20 years look like, you know, next 50 years, and then it fast forwards all the way to what the what would happen with the AI intelligence since it is boundless with time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Really, really super interesting and and well done. Um, I would highly recommend checking it out. But there, I I understand as I was saying earlier why they pulled it. Well, I don't agree with why they pulled it, but I completely believe that it was probably pulled because it was touching on. Um, the two there was actually an an Iranian um character and an Israeli character that reconciled their religious beef 
as UIs, which I th- I felt like would be a powerful message to move forward. But I think that I mean they better resolve their religious beef. You transcended the gods that you. But that's used to what I'm saying. Like they, they they had to transcend their physical forms to really understand. Like at that point, y'all would have just been silly if you kept yeah, that shit. Yeah, you know. We, no, well, they did carry it with them as uploads for a little while. And they're silly for that. Yeah. And it, uh, it wasn't until they were both met with... Hey, wait a minute. ...almost certain death <laughs> that they realized, like... Wait a minute. <clears throat> you know, they both had deep-seated hatred for each other for things that ultimately, in this form, don't even matter anymore. We were still carrying them, so maybe we shouldn't have carried them back then either, you know? Really interesting, um, but I can see why that message doesn't want to be. Not with Netanyahu out there talking about, nah, B, we ready to get back to work, which is some bullshit. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, the Iranian character, his story arc was more about love. It didn't have anything to do with his faith as much. Whereas the Israeli character... His older brother, did they, his flashback scene was of uh, of a traumatic moment because they were trying to find a memory that they could use to to implement the uh, integrity um, fix on him. And so they were going through traumatic memories, and one of them was of when he was a kid, and his older brother came home from being out of uh, out of town, and his father found out that he had fallen in love with the Arab woman. And boy, man, they flipped on him, man. They called him a traitor to the family, a traitor to the state. They called him everything under God. They were just like, and I was like, ooh, yeah. Mm, I can't, that's anti-Semitic according to Israel, bro. You can't show no real shit about Israel, bro. And so I was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's why they um chose to pull it from AMC. I do like how uh, how universal the Romeo and Juliet problem is, though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! You can't fuck with the ops. Hundred <laughs> percent, bro. Hundred percent. It's a crime. But love shame. transcends all. We will kill the both of you. Essentially, like, was the long and short damn. of it. Damn. But um, yeah, and, and and that was the worst part. Is like it showed how racist the little boy was. Like the father's, like yeah, I'm sure that he probably went to war. He has a lot of his. The little boy was just being a shit. You're being a total and utter shit. You know, it's just like, holy fuck, man. Like, yikes. Kind of kid is just with a kick in the shin. Yo, my guy. Like, it was it was so crazy because he went from, like, having a scene where he was loving his brother and they're best friends and I want to be just like you to you're a traitor. Oh, shit. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the Tony Stark, uh, uh, uh Captain record. did you know scene. Oh, yeah, bro. Did you know? Yo, hey, my nigga. Children, did you know? <laughs> Bruh, to see, yo, that was a great scene, though, man. Like, I, I totally felt like how, like, in that moment, he went from, nah, we're boys to, saying, like, nah, you, you gotta run you the again. fade. Nah, nah, I can see why you run in the fade. Bruh, nah, yo, nah, that nah. was like, I, that was, that was nah, really nah, well delivered. Nah, nah, yeah. Um, those early, that's why I'm like, yeah, you know, those early MCU movies, like, even on Revisit, Winter Soldier, um, Oh man, Captain America had a, dope, a lot of dope ass moments, bro. Like, I'm telling you, like when he's in that fucking elevator, it was like, yo, I just want to give everybody the opportunity to get out now if you want to. If you if you want it, feel me, hey, all right, don't say I didn't offer it. But yeah, and so um, 
see, I don't want to spoil it too much. Um, it's just there. So much happens in it. Um, it lives up to the name Pantheon and explains where that come like it comes full circle with that. Like, just a, a super good show, you know. And um, yeah, there's there's, I, there's nothing I can really say about it. Um, that isn't spoilerific. Um, animation is 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 kind of middle of the run. It's not super well animated. It's all in the story. You know what I mean? Like I give the animation a seven. You know what I mean? It's not bad animation. It's just not particularly like over the top like some of the stuff that that, that you can <laughs> that you can get out there. But um, but it ain't no invincible. Yeah, like the story of of Maddie, um. And like where that goes, the story of um, Caspian and just they, oh my goodness, like there's there's a a whole undercurrent of of like the American government creates like a uh, what they call a safe surf to stop the the UIs to make it safe for people to go back on the internet because they were the UIs were pretty much like whatever the. Like, because <laughs> you better run a VPN, nigga. I wish you would go on the internet without a VPN. I'll find you. Bruh, like the Go the, back trace, you nigga. The UIs, you know, they just need data centers. So they were multiplying and they would, you know, they had a very small footprint in res- in in respect to the people. But what that did is that, you know, terrorists would target those data centers. And like hundred million UIs would die at a time. And so that's why they started retaliating by like, <laughs> turning off the internet and doing things like that and making people use all of their stuff manually because it was like, yeah, yo, like, I don't know, man. That That's a real stick. But that's what I mean. Like, they go into a ton of how the UIs in society would have to learn to coexist with humans. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, just, just really interesting. Um let me stop going in circles around that because there's some other stuff that we could jump into uh, this week. But um, yeah, man, dude, December's looking kind of hot for movies. I definitely got two on the list that I'm that I'm excited to check out. Um, Rebel Moon, which is Zack Snyder's uh, Star Wars esque, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the the quote, uh, or not the quote, but he was. Uh, uh, saying in a in an in an interview that uh, he realized that he didn't need to make a movie in the Star Wars universe to, <laughs> to make a story in space, and I was like, "You're right." And let me tell you, Rebel Moon. Oh, his inspirations are very strong. <laughs> it it is a Star Wars uh, ripoff for sure, but that don't mean that it's like it can't be done well. You know, those things are, once again, not mutually exclusive. So um, I definitely am looking forward to that one. And then there's Godzilla Minus One. Have you seen any of the the uh, previews for that? Yeah, I saw the trailer for that one. That one's going to have to get watched. And there's Boy and the Heron, which I absolutely need to find. Like, I want to try to go see that in, in, in a theater. I think it comes out on the 8th of December. But um, if not, I definitely got to get a some form of viewing of that because... The Boy and the Heron, is, I've been waiting to come stateside for um, a couple of a weeks now. And the voice acting cast is looking quite dope, like always for Studio Ghibli movies. And so, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. 
so yeah, dude, December looking kind of fire for movies. Um, can't complain about that because boy, oh boy, I feel like Hollywood has not been coming through as of late. But yeah, dude, you know, I will, I watched that that Squid Games challenge. <laughs> And you know, honestly, it, it's not just bad TV. <laughs> it really is toxic culture. Like, now take this for what it's for what it's worth, okay? Because it, it was off of a um, film discussions article that I was watching that that I was reading, and um, they were like people in the dormitories, like they kept the dormitories so cold that people's lips were so chapped that they. And they wouldn't give them anything to deal with it, so they were rubbing condom lubricant on their lips. And I'm like, "Damn, son!" I'm like, first of all, that's, that's on you. That's on you. Why you had access to condoms and not chapstick? I don't know. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know the necessities, bro. Like they were more concerned about them fucking in the dorms than than giving them a decent uh, uh, conditions to to sleep in. But I was like, wow. Why would you do that? Like, granted, that seems sensationalist. I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, I, I do imagine that those dorms were probably kept terribly. But, like, if you choose to rub condom lubricant on your lips, that's on you. I don't think that had anything to do with your chap lips. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. But, like, the fact that that show, first of all, was particularly not entertaining overall, um, the concept was very degenerate. Like, the idea that we're finding so much entertainment from watching these people who need money desperately vie for this, and not only, like, vie for it, but, like, sac like prevent other people who need it from getting it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the entire idea of the show is super degenerate. And it was bad enough when it was fiction. But it's even worse. And... I'm, and I'm really, I, I find it sad. Like, I don't think the average American sees, like, how degenerate watching that show is. Like, I feel like people who watch that show, unironically, you need to sit with yourself a little bit and understand, really, like, why are you so entertained by watching people who need that money make themselves sick? Literally make themselves sick. And then fail to get it. Like, th that's entertaining? Like, I don't know. I don't find, I don't think it's entertaining. And I do think that it's particularly indicative of a terrible rot in the culture of, of consuming, you know? And I've always had issues with Netflix and their choice of programming. You know what I mean? Whether it was them sexualizing little girls. uh having live testimonies of murderers describing them murdering people. Like, I find it to be very distasteful, a lot of their programming. Then that's not to say all of it. There's stuff on Netflix that I very much enjoy. I'm not... I have Rebel Moon is coming out on Netflix. You know, but... <clears throat> I feel like the cultural rot comes from the people. Like, Netflix is just making shit. They're just scattershotting. They're making anything. They're just trying to find whatever's going to hit. I think that it's incumbent on people not to fucking patronize shit like that. You know what I mean? I find, I, I would really hope that even if they watched 
one episode of it, I I would really hope that it would become very quick. It would become very evident to people that what's going on on the screen is probably untoward. It's not. It's not healthy. You know what I mean? And then you know, as I said, they didn't have not a sympathetic character on the fucking show. Like the like every person in that show was like bottom of the barrel. And it was like, really? Really? <sighs> but anyway, that's all to say, you know, I, 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 I hope that people are being a little bit more mindful with their consumption because let me tell you, we definitely do not want Squid Games Challenge quality shit coming out. That shit is, because people are hurting, obviously, based on the, the testimonies of it. People are getting hurt in the in the making of this shit. You know what I mean? And I'm not just talking about the 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 dry lips shit. You know what I mean? Like they they there is a a a pretty large suit going on right now from the challenge the Squid Game challengers. You know what I mean? So there's nothing. They're all allegations right now, but it don't look good. It looks like they were treating those people relatively terribly. You know, and so yeah, it was just yeah. Pretty pretty shitty show, but what are you gonna do, right? Um, outside of that, dude, in gaming we got some some shit that's coming out that's gonna look that's looking pretty fire because we got Dragon's Dogma two right now that's yeah. looking really good. <clears throat> Dragon's Dogma two looks amazing, dude. Like the amount of environmental interaction that there is, I find to be pretty mind blowing. Like. Pretty much, like whenever, like whenever, whenever you're fighting something big, there's usually something in the environment that you could utilize to to even out the fight. And then on top of that, like you can like, if you're fighting a griffin and it tries to flee, like you can jump on its back and you know, it, yeah. you know, let it take you where it's trying to flee to. You know what I mean? Like there's a ton of interactive, um, interactability in in the environment and the enemies that I think is. It's gonna make for an interesting playthrough, you know, and yeah. and, and you get yeah. to make a, a a team of pawns this time, not just yeah. the one. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. It was, man, the pawn system is so dope. The fact that you could like send them out and they learn shit is like, super interesting. Arisen yeah. over here, they'd hold down the monster for you because they, they learned they that helping somebody that. else. I was like, yo, that's so crazy. They said they double down on the talking <laughs> that that goes on in in the party, and it's very, it's all relevant. Well, that's, that's what they dope, say, man. But, it's dope. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But I thought the Dragon's Dogma Two was gonna be, a, a, I think, a, a sleeper hit. Yo, did you see that they uh, uh, there's a fucking remaster of Star Ocean Second Story? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. that shit looks fucking they gorgeous, did a graphical bro. Remake. Yeah, is they did a graphical overhaul. They actually overhauled a lot of the systems to bring them up to date with Bruh. some stuff. That, that that is more um current. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was literally yeah. just like fantasizing about that to myself the other day. I was, I don't remember why, but I was like tear into pieces. It sort of like popped into my head the other day. I was like, oh man, that'd be a good game oh, to they, replay. Who was that? Uh, Ashton. Uh, I think that's one of the things that Claude says Claude when he say. does like maybe like the Rising Dragon type move, or I don't fucking remember. I don't know. Man, the new but, definitely look into the remake because it is a significant upgrade. Oh, definitely, it's already on the wish list, bro. It, it's, oh man, it's you know what down. I got on the wish list too? Hmm. Super Mario RPG. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did hear that. That is one of that, that is one I love a lot, dude. Because it's a classic. It was, it was the first time that I ever saw Mario in a non side scrolling thing. I was like, <laughs> my mind was blown. 
my mind was blown. And then on top of that, it's the it's the it's the RPG thing that I just yep. learned about because um you know my first RPG was Shining Force back in and I think Shining Force came out early nineties, early nineties. So yeah, that was that was my first RPG, and then it was like, wait, Mario is doing something like this? Yeah. Oh, I was sold, bro. And then the game was amazing. On top of that, like Super Mario RPG is one of the best RPGs ever made. Yeah, like oddly enough, which is completely like something you wouldn't expect you know like a a, a side-scrolling spin-off rpg wow man nintendo nintendo got the lock on gameplay son yeah dude they really they really killed you know i was just thinking about that the other day like yo nintendo is really good at mastering like the the primary game concept primary games game concept of like Easy to get into, very hard to master. Yes, I, I was seeing some yes. advanced play of like of high some high level play of Pokemon, and I was, I was just, just like, about to say Pokemon is. I a, was is just a like, prime yo, I, is this the same game that I that I've played? Before? I was like, there's no, bruh. It, yeah, it, it was like Street Fighter all over again when I learned about like the difference between like me and like professional Street Fighter players. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I didn't even know the game could do those things. Oh yeah, no. And and I played some competitive Pokemon back in the day, um, cards and on the and on the digital games. And let me tell you, bro, like I had some pretty killer strats. But <laughs> it took time, you know. And, yeah, you know, it's Nintendo really is really good about that. And like um, Tears of the Kingdom, like look, look how yeah. many crazy shit people make with just well, Nintendo's just little amazing, system. You know, that was a really amazing world that they built. Like they just yeah. built a sandbox for you to play in, and they couldn't even predict the things that people you were going to do. <laughs> you know, there was more per- permutations of creations than even they could predict. Yep. And Nintendo is just so good. Like, talking about knowing your audience, man. Nintendo is very good about, like, hey. And it, another to their point, much, I like to bring this up to them. Like, Nintendo's been using, like, the same 10 IP from Jump, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just like, nah, nah, we got you. We got you. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna show you how to make the most out of these ingredients right here. Yeah, and and I and I think that that's that's smart. Yeah, As definitely. Your, for your first party stuff, like let everyone else create new stuff. Y'all go do new stuff. Do that. We we got these. Yeah. And we're gonna make these, and we're gonna bring these with us for time and in, ad infinitum. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And and it's like because we already know that we're playing with these toys, we get to focus on the fun aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, I think that them focusing on the fun aspect is primary. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Those things only work because they've always focused on the fun aspect of those things. I agree with that. Mario's have always been fun, even if they weren't innovative. Mario parties. Mario party. You know what I mean? Mario carts. Mario carts. Uh, Paper Mario. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? Mario's Mario Galaxy, Mario Sunshine. They're always fun fun at very least even if they're not groundbreaking they're fun games you know what i mean and and i think that's the only reason why that model of using the same ips for the last 30 years yeah at least right oh, we no, can, i would say 30 40 years yeah 80s we can forgive uh link not talking because hey every time you go on an adventure my nigga you're going you're going to enjoy yourself you Absolutely. know what I'm saying you're going to learn some shit you're going to see some shit you're going to feel some shit yeah, even though um, there's been a lot of 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 issues with modern day storytelling, I will say that I would say that about two 
2000 well final fantasy remake was the first one where um you know that they actually did not plan the ending of the trilogy the final fantasy remake trilogy they didn't they didn't plan the end of it until they got the reaction to the first game that makes sense and I, I, mean, I don't know if I like that game, story. The first story. game didn't feel like it had an ending. No, it didn't. It's complete. It, it, it felt like they there was like a lot in the air, and mm-hmm. it's because they did not plan on finishing that story until they knew how people liked where the story was going in the first place. Which, uh, and I bring that up to say that that's also I think similarly. Uh, happens in 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 other games which is not my favorite storytelling type yeah i feel like that that's rookie moves man like the audience are amateurs bro you guys are the professionals you shouldn't be waiting on the the amateurs to to help you write your story well as professionals you're supposed to know what the fuck you want to do and how to accomplish it no matter how many people scream into the internet the average consumer has no fucking clue what they want. Facts. They just want you to give them something. And so the idea that you clearly... To me, it just says that you have no ideas. Yep. That just means you have no ideas. Because the because I, I could not imagine relying on the public, the random public, their feedback to create... A Marvel storyline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to get that kind of continuity over time if all you're doing is listening to what people are asking for. Facts. Because you're going to get a thousand different answers. Noise. None of which are... Yeah, it's all going to be noise. That's it. And so... I dislike that form of storytelling. Um, I think it's... It's it's this thing where where... They're so scared of anyone saying they don't like it that they're paralyzed at the at the decision making level yep. of saying this is a good story to go forward with. Oh yeah, this Make is a, a complete choice. story to go forward with. You know, um, and now I don't know if it's because it's a remake of Seven, so like it's not an original story to them, so they feel like this is the place to do that. But I would hate to see Final Fantasy <clears throat> uh, Seventeen written that you know what i mean like it would just feel weird you know final fantasy 16 i thought had a very lackluster storyline um it's just it 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 tried to lean into the western european night fantasy too much and i just don't think that's the that world wasn't fun that was not a fun world to be in. Like, Final Fantasy VIII was in an interesting world. Final Fantasy IX was in an interesting world. Final Fantasy X was in... Final Fantasy VI. You know what I mean? Like, these are interesting worlds to be in. You know what I mean? That Eastern European night world, like, I would have... They didn't do a good job of making it interesting. Just the color palette was drab. It wasn't fun to watch. Um, I do not it's have like a under- PS5, so I watch play uh, uh, Let's Plays, um, and so I will trust the people who played it, and they said that it handles well, it plays well, but most of the people who I watched play it were not interested in playing the side missions after the story. They literally <laughs> finished the story because it was their job to finish the story. It's rough. 
They had literally thousands of people watching them and had no choice but to finish it. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I've never I've never seen anyone have to be forced to finish nine. Or and I always point out nine because that is probably the most popular one. And like they were hitting on so many cylinders with their fantasy, the sci-fi. There were so many cylinders firing in that game, mini games, uh overworld maps, uh interesting characters, just how sway have we come to sixteen? But anyway. How did I get off on that rant? My bad. Um, I just didn't... I, I didn't think it was... I don't think that Final Fantasy has chosen the best route moving forward. I feel like... Yes, okay. If the turn-based thing was just a concession because you've always wanted to make an action game, fine. But... Parties do make Final Fantasy. I'm sorry. If that's one of the important things, I gotta have a party, a people. I now it could be a party of people like in Final Fantasy VII Remake, but a single player character Final <laughs> Fantasy. It was bad in Final Fantasy thirteen. It's bad in Final Fantasy sixteen. Get the point, people. Even if it's not going to do, to be in the traditional turn based uh, 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 setting, I'm okay with that. I get it. If you want. But what you can't do is t take away my party. I feel like that is part of the essence of Final Fantasy. If it's not the combat system, which is clearly not, you know what I mean? If it's not the world, if it's not any of those things, I think a party. Just whether it's the four warriors of light, yeah, there's always me and the homies, you know what I Guardians mean? Guardians of all, the faith. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like them focusing on Clive or Lightning was just, it was bad and it wasn't fun. Um, and so, yeah, you know, because, uh, yeah, in in 13, there was a party in the first one, but not Lightning Returns, right? I think that the following franchise, yeah, 13, yeah. 2, in, in and Lightning 13, Returns. you had, like, uh, Snow and... Um, yeah, Vanille and yeah. Hope. Mm -hmm. and fang and saz and so in the first uh 13 that you had a party but then in the subsequent two games in the novala crystallis uh trilogy yeah i think you were playing solo pretty and you much had solo. the opportunity to play as the other person too the dude yeah uh caius no not caius noel oh that sounds about right yeah i think his name is noel um and yeah they just it, it's not there's a reason people didn't enjoy those and then you can look at something like Final Fantasy Type Zero, which is universally maligned, but everyone enjoys. People enjoy playing Final Fantasy Type Zero. They just complain it doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy, but it does have all the elements. It's got chocobos. It's got party systems. It's got summons. It's got a Bahamut. You know what I mean? Like Bahamut's very important. Those are the things that make Final Fantasy, to me, um, just in terms of my experience, you know, and I've experienced, I think, 14 of the last 16 titles. I mean, I even played Final Fantasy XI back in the day, you know? Um, so, like, yeah, you know, I just feel like as somebody who is open to the, to the, to the games going other places, 
I just don't feel like where it went with 16 was good. <laughs> and, and I feel like it's okay to be critical of it. You know, I've, we're in such a weird place in video game critique and commentary that, like, everybody wants to respect other people's art, but nobody wants to be, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to be critical when things are not mathing up. You know, and so that's I, I, I seek hopefully to not feed into that. Final oh, Fantasy no. sixteen I, has I a lot like, of good things in it. I feel like that's usually when the internet is most vocal is when they have to, shit to be critical about. Um, it, at times that's what I'm saying. Like, usually people are critical about things that they have no knowledge of, but the things like like video games, like uh, well, I would say like. Uh, the the um, reviews of Final Fantasy 16. A lot of times, people would be, you know, trying to 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 give their opinion on it, saying a bunch of negative things, only to turn around and say, "But it's an eight out of ten, <laughs> nine out of 10. and it's like, you know, it could be a seven out of ten, six out of ten game, and still look that good, just because it looks that good doesn't mean that the time in that world is well spent. You know? And I think that that's what ends up happening with Final Fantasy 16 for me. Is that the time that I spent in that world didn't didn't feel fulfilling in the end. And like Ultima was like uh, just I I guess this the aloof over god. I'm just so far away from humanity. I can't understand why you guys would ever want to do not do what I say type of thing is like it's not dynamic character development. It really isn't. But anyway, sorry. I, how did I get off on that tangent? Um that's uh we started talking about Dragon's Dogma and how that's looking fire right now. But yeah. Um other than that, you know, I'll, I'll wrap up on this because we'll, we'll we'll talk about the news this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Ding Dong Kissinger is dead, but there's a there's a bunch of other things on the news docket that we can get into. But you know, one of my guilty pleasures is, is I play you know mobile mobile RPGs, and um, what speaking of Final Fantasy, they had a game Opera Omnia that had been running for quite some time. <clears throat> And I think it's I think it's going on like six years. I want to say six years. Yeah, because I used to play that before Kendrick was born. Yeah, man. And so it's been going on for about six years now, and it's finally closing down. It's shutting down service. And that is something that the mobile market needs to to really get a hold of. And I don't know if it's going to take like some form of regulation stepping in. But I don't have any problems with these live service games shutting down their servers after their earnings tailor off. My problem is, is that they should be required to provide an offline version of the game for people who have spent their money in it. I, I sit down and I think about like, you know, I don't big spend in any any of these games but over the course of time you spend twenty dollars here twenty dollars there twenty dollars there you know you play a game for six years you might be looking at a couple hundred bucks put into a video game 
And then the idea that the company feels no compunction towards just taking their servers offline after they marketed to you with some of the most manipulative bullshit marketing ever created by man feels a little bit fucked up. Like, it's it's nothing for them to make an offline mode to, to, to a lot of these long-running games um, because they have story modes. Like, Opera Omnia had a very in-depth story mode. I mean, 16-plus chapters with 50-plus stages per chapter plus hard modes. That's tons of content. They could still sell that offline mode, you know what I mean, as just a, a standalone video game for, for years. So that's my only, that's my only gripe with, with these, with these uh, mobile games that so aggressively market the gotcha to you that after a while, after they've built up, you know, microtransactions with their players, that they don't provide them with, with an offline version of the game to at least continue to enjoy the things they paid for. You know what I mean? Does that sound crazy? It would be nice for sure. It would be nice, but you know, it just it's not really something that I I I have no idea how the how the consumers would be able to impress that upon the the actual companies themselves. I just as a consumer it just yeah, just know that anything that you purchase that operates on those lines is subject to that sort of thing. Yes, and you know, recently there was um there was so Mega Man Command Mission did a version and uh, a mobile version, and you know, it was very heavily monetized and so forth. The problem is, is that underneath the game, it it wasn't. A lot of people who are new to the mobile market are not familiar with the idle game format. And so the, a lot of people get into to, to mobile gaming not understanding the idle game format, and they think that you could just strip away gotcha from an idle game and you still have a real game under it. And that's not it. Now, like, there's, like, Mahoyo that makes real games like Honkai third impact Honkai star rail um, Genshin impact. Those are full games with stories and lore and worlds, tons of content in those things. You can strip away the gotchas from those and make an offline version and still have a very full feature complete game. You know what I mean? But most of those idle games, you really can't do that. And so the Mega Man Command Mission um, game was mostly working off of idle game mechanics. And so when they went offline or they took down the servers, they tried to do that. They tried to offer, you know what I mean, like a stripped down version of the game. But th that's an idle game. There is no game there. You know what I mean? Like, So I don't expect all games to do that. You know what I mean? But like a game like World Flipper that it's a pinball game that Japan just recently announced their servers are shutting down, which means that once their content releases are done, global will be shut that shutting down their servers as well. But that game is very feature complete. You could play the pinball game with what you have. You know what I mean? 
without having to, to, to resort to the gotcha for beads and stuff. Or you can just release a universal gotcha and just let people play with that with the resources they get in the game. And if, when you're done, you if you don't get a, a bunch of characters you like, then you just delete it and reinstall and re-roll. Like, I don't understand why... I feel like it would add so much value to mobile gaming if you could do that. I mean, the thing is, you want to do that, but do they want to do that? That's the big question. That's no, why no, I, I said, I, I, like, it, it, that would be up to, like... That would be up to, like, the, the gamers to collectively petition the companies to mm -hmm. do that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I agree. It would definitely take community uh, involvement and speaking directly to them, to their community managers, um, as much as possible um, to let them know that that is, I think, something. Because I don't know that I'm not the only one who would appreciate that. I think a lot. I, I do know of people who have spoken about it before, but... I have personally brought that up to people and a lot of people would be interested in that. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, as I said, not every idle game has a version that is viable once you strip out the gotcha. Yeah. But, but in games know, that do. And it's also like, a, you know, I don't This is a, you'd have to to sort of like prepare the cost business analysis to, to the company and really have convinced them to do that shit that way, you know what I mean? Because, you know, it might sound like a good idea to us, but it's one of those things where, because, like, the entire business is not moving that way, it, I feel like it would be a hard sell. Yes, it is a consumer-facing policy. I personally do feel like it would, it's in their best interest because, A, it... It brings value to the mobile community that plays actively, and B, it it finds a way to make it uh, the software never dead weight. Like once you convert that software to an offline model, you just throw that bitch up on the Google Play Store, and now you're just continuing revenue. You know what I mean? Like it's even better, and now you cut the server cost. Shit, you know what I mean? Like. Six plus years of content for 20, 30 bucks on a mobile game. I would have paid that. I like if I knew that I was going to play Opera Omnia for six years or there was six years worth of content and it was 30 bucks, I'd consider that heavily for a mobile title. I mean, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like typically you want to be paying no more than $4.99 if you're going to be buying a mobile title. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a sellable business model there in the long term for them that continues to monetize something they've already made a ton of money on. Because that's the thing, is that a lot of these games are profitable for a long time. That's how they get to the six-year mark, you know? And so, yeah, it's like, I get, as I said, that's why I can understand, like, okay, once the server costs are actually getting too close to revenue, we're cutting our we're cutting um our losses. I get it, but you do know you can make money off that software without the servers. You know what I mean? Like, but God, I just never. I I really do have a problem with um developers who develop in the gotcha environment because I really feel like they don't actually want people to experience the shit that they make. It's like why would you spend so much time and effort in designing and developing and implementing something that 
technically, I mean, God forbid, 0% of the community would experience. It's a possibility, you know what I mean? In the gotcha environment, like, why would you do that? I don't know. This doesn't feel, doesn't feel like a, a thing that a developer who actually loved what they were doing would do. But yeah. I don't know. That's uh, that, that's it. That's all I got for you guys today. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap up on that. We'll get into the news this weekend. I hope everybody did enjoy the show. If you did, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You can also find us on the social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at home Heron and on uh, Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. Always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.